The scripture today is from Romans 6, 3 through 11. Don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. That's what I'm hearing. I'm sorry, this is great. For we know that our old self was crucified with Him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, He cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over Him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning. I spent uh, some time yesterday at Barnes & Noble. I like to go there and hang out and, and enjoy a cup of coffee and went and uh, spent some time in my favorite section of the uh, self-improvement, self-help area. (laughs) And as I was there, I found several books that caught my eye. The Power of Self-Coaching, Five Essential Steps to Creating the Life that You Want. I found one that was called Power... Within, self-confidence through happiness. One that really excited me was titled this, The Last Self-Help Book You Will Ever Need. (laughs) So I bought it. I still found myself wanting more. You know, as I was looking through the section, I didn't find books that actually said, help, I can't do it, or seven steps that will truly lead to frustration and failure. That would have been Paul's book, I think. Help, I can't do it. That book wouldn't sell. And Paul is trying to bring to the Galatians and to you and to I what it means to live in Christ and Christ in us, to live a life that is led and live through the power of the Holy Spirit that recognizes that I can't do it. And that reminds us what Paul does in the book of Galatians, reminds us that it is Jesus and Jesus alone who died on the cross for our sin who rose again, that if we should believe upon him, that we should not be condemned, but should have life everlasting. It's Jesus alone that we are made right with God. It's Jesus alone that we have life in him. It's not through our efforts. It's not through seven steps that we take. It's not through formula theology of how to get it right. 
But the good news of Jesus is that he died and rose again. And for those of us who believe in him, we are placed in him. And like Greg read this morning, don't we know that if we are baptized into his death, that surely we are risen again with him in his resurrection. That is who we are in Christ. And that the Holy Spirit is given to us and does his ministry and his life poured into us that we might bear fruit, spiritual fruit that comes alone from Jesus and comes alone from the Holy Spirit. And the book of Galatians is about living in that freedom living a life that doesn't depend on ourselves to live Christianly enough, to somehow get right with God enough that I can make it up for the way that I've been living. And he says, live in Christ, because Christ lives in you. And what I want to do this morning is, I want to bring us back a little bit to the end of Galatians 2. And one of the things that Paul does at the end of Galatians 2 is he says this, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I do live, I live in the body, and I live it by faith in the Son of God, who loved me, And who gave himself for me. And I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died for nothing. Paul reminds Peter in in chapter 2, as Peter is leading the young Christians in Antioch to a path that is really saying, let's go into the self help section and let's figure out how to be right with God, and let's figure out how to to sanctify ourselves, to be made holy, to become mature in Christ. And Peter is taking him down that path, and, and Paul addresses it strongly. And says, Peter, no one is justified, no one is declared innocent by the works that they do by the eating of the right foods, by circumcision as it was in the old day, by our attempts to, to say, let me add to the law so that God will be happy with who I am. He says, Peter, knock it off. We know that it is Christ alone that has taken that. He is the one who has given us life. He says, I have died to the law I have died to the old way. I was the greatest guy who followed all the rules. I have placed that and died to that, and I have placed it on the cross, and I have given it to Jesus, and I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. A book about freedom, Galatians is. And one of the things that I mentioned last week that I want to clarify a little bit. One of the ways that we live in freedom that I mentioned is that we we die to self. But what Paul points out in Galatians 2 is, is a spiritual reality 
that exists even though we don't feel it sometimes. And what he says in Galatians 2 is that I have been crucified with Christ. And the spiritual reality is that we are dead. It's already taken place. That old self, like we read in Romans chapter 6, that old sin, that flesh, that was put on the cross with Christ Jesus. He took that. He paid the price. We are no longer our own. We're bought with a price, and that is the blood of Jesus on the cross. He took all of the old flesh that that wanted to try to live for God and, and get to God through our works and our efforts. He took it on the cross. The spiritual reality of who we are is that we are dead to that old flesh, that old way of life. A dying to self is a surrender of this flesh that we we live here, don't we? We live on this planet. And it's a continual handing over of the steering wheel to our Lord. To say, Lord, control my life, lead my life. Take this yuck that I have in the flesh. And Lord, here it is. Take control where I want to take control. It's a dying to self, a surrender that's given over. Paul says, the life I live now, I live for God and I live in faith. And I know if you're like me, you go, Lord, I want to live in faith. I want to keep doing this journey with you. you. You have paid the price for me. You have given me life. You have forgiven my sin. You have given me hope. I am raised with you in your resurrection I have, I have spiritual life because of all that you did for me. And so I want to live in faith that trusts that what you say is true, even though I don't feel it many days. You come to church on a Sunday morning, and again, you just woke up, you barely got your first cup of coffee, and you go, how does this all play out? I don't feel alive. The spiritual reality is, is that we are alive in Christ. And Paul is bringing that to the Galatians. There's nothing you add to your justification being, being made right with God, salvation. There's nothing you add to your sanctification, which is the process that we are in of growing in Christ. How do I keep living in this faith? And I think what Paul is bringing to us is that sometimes... We really need to, through the power of the Spirit, remember who we really are. What is your true identity? One of the things that Paul brings us is that we're dead to that old way of life. We're dead to the flesh. We're no longer enslaved to sin. We have freedom to live in the power of Christ. He reminds us of that. That is a spiritual reality of us. And something, again, that I know is hard for us to grasp. I've been following the Lord for a lot of years. And we come to this great verse in Galatians 2.20 that many teachers of Scripture would say, memorize this verse. This is a key verse for your life. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And you go, huh? I mean, truly, 
it's a spiritual reality that I think is, is difficult to grasp. Again, because you go, I know that my life is full of this stuff, this junk, this sin. I don't feel like I want to live for Christ today. I don't have it. And I just want to encourage you all as we study the scriptures this morning and as we, as we journey together in faith, let the Spirit minister to you about who you really are in Christ. Don't feel that you have to beat yourself up for, I don't fully get it that I'm crucified with him. Let the Lord through his word and as the Spirit speaks, he will show you things that are dead. He will remind you of who you are and where you've been placed in him. I wanted to take a little bit of time to think about as ones, again, who have received Jesus Christ, ones who have begun the journey with him to live in faith, I wanted to remind us through the scriptures of who we really are because I think that helps us to live in faith because it's hard, isn't it, some days? Actually, many days. And here's some scriptures just I want you to soak in and again, let the Spirit speak to you. 2 Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And all of this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Here's who we are. God, when we believed upon him... He came upon our lives and he, the Greek says, he metamorphosed us. He changed us from within. We are a a new creation. We're not just, uh, you know, you go into an old house and you put some new paint on it. It's a whole new house. It's a whole new life. The spiritual reality is that when God came into your life, he changed you from within. He set you free from the bondage of sin. He started to work his life in you in this journey of faith. And he has come, his life in us. Sometimes we go, where do I stand before the Lord? Who am I? This morning I woke up, I'm coming to church. I know my thoughts. I got in a fight with the family. Where do I stand? Where am I going on this journey? I'm coming to worship God and I just fell flat on my face. Who am I? God? Here's what he says of us. Those of us who have received Jesus as Lord. Ephesians chapter 2. But because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy, he has made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our sin. And it is by grace that you and I have been saved. Don't miss verse 6 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. This is our placement in Christ. And God has raised us up with Christ, and he has seated us with him in the heavenly realms In Christ Jesus. That just blows my mind. This very day, in our true identity, in our spirit, you and I, as children of God, 
those who have received him, we have been placed with Christ, seated with him, even the heavenlies, with our Lord. We are, at this very moment, cleansed. At this very moment, pure. At this very moment, child of God. At this very moment, enjoying in our spirit how God views us as his beloved. That is who we are. It's hard when we don't feel that sometimes. We feel like, again, I I keep tripping over myself and and I keep chipping my tile and I, I keep, you know, throwing out words I don't want to throw out. I keep not loving my wife very well. And so I go, who am I in Christ? How do I live this journey of faith? And I want the Spirit, and I pray the Spirit will minister to you. You are seated with him in the heavenly realms. Listen to 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He was the one who became the curse, Galatians 3 tells us. He was the one who took it on. All of the sin that we should have been cursed for, he became the curse. So that the blessing would come through the seed of Abraham. He who had no sin became sin for us. Now listen to this. This is just beautiful. So that in him, and it's our placement in him, that we might, you and I, might become the righteousness of God. Jesus was called the righteous one. You and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are now declared the righteous ones of God. That means we are holy and blameless. That means we stand before the Lord this very day in our spirit, righteous, no sin before him. He does not see it. Understand, this is what the cross did. All that God sees of us, and I love this cross, and it's bright, I know, to some degree. But I love that about it. Because this is what God sees of us. All the glory and the beauty of his son Jesus. We can't be seen in this. We're covered in this. And so we stand in our spirit before the holy God. And all he sees is the beauty and the righteousness of his righteous one, his son Jesus. That is who you and I are. In Christ Jesus. And so as we go in this journey of faith and we stumble and we kick ourselves, we go, Lord, I'm not doing it right. Paul is bringing a message to the Galatians of you can't do it. Jesus did. And let me remind you of who you are. And this is who you are because of Jesus and Jesus alone. You don't stand pure before God because of all your efforts. You don't stand in righteousness before the Lord because you are a good enough Christian. 
You can't do it. That's the book that Paul is handing out. You can only live through the power of the Holy Spirit to have any spiritual life. And his lens of you, his view of you, is beautiful child. I don't want you to miss out at the end of Ephesians 2. He says, the life I live now, I live in Christ. And I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We often just kind of skip that part. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. My little guy, Alex, I went up to him a couple days ago. I said, Alex, did I tell you today that I love you? And he said, Dad, 349 times already. (laughs) And I go, Alex, here comes 350, son. And I start running after him, and he squeals down the hallway. No, no, no. And I pick him up, and I hug him in my arms. And I go, here's 350. I love you. No, Dad, let me down. I don't want any more. No. You know what? Sometimes we can't handle the truth of God's love for us and who we really are in him. And I think we struggle in our faith because we don't understand who we really are, beloved. And that our life in him is one that is viewed as a dear child along this journey. And that through his spirit, which he gave to those who are followers of Christ, to help along the journey and to move towards righteousness, because he knows That's who we desire to become because his life is living through us. I no longer live, but Christ's life now lives through me. And that is this life I live here in the flesh. This what we call sanctification. This growing in Christ. The promise is that he who began the good work in your lives will complete it until the time of Jesus Christ. And so what's happening to the Galatians is that they are buying into the lie because I think they're probably struggling in their faith. They've received the Holy Spirit. They've received the Lord. Paul has very clearly laid out who Jesus is, that they are not saved by their works or by their efforts or by eating the right food. And so these these Gentile Christians... These ones who weren't the Jews, but the ones who now are learning about that God actually loves them, are receiving him freely and living in the freedom of God. And somehow they're buying into the lie that there's seven steps now, seven more steps, to really live out your Christian life. And we buy into that trap. We especially buy into that trap when we're struggling in the faith journey. And we go, man... I just, again, I just, I I can't believe what I said to my wife. Where did that come from? How do I become a better husband? I got to take these steps. There was all those books in the self-help section. The Lord's saying, you depend on me. You remain in the vine. You let my life pour out through you. So here's what he says to the dear Galatians who are caught up in the trap 
of buying into the lie. They don't seem to understand that they're in process. And that the process is part of God's work in our lives. And they seem to have forgotten about the Holy Spirit. You foolish Galatians, verse 1 of chapter 3. Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Here it is. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish that after beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? Have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you his spirit, and does he work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you had heard? And so Paul is coming strongly upon the Galatians because, again, they know what is true. They know that they are justified. They're made right before God. They are cleansed and forgiven children as they turn their lives over to the Lord. And it was him alone, not all the extra effort and the things that you have to do. But now what's happening is they're starting to think their maturity in Christ, their growth, their spiritual fruit, comes through all of their efforts and their doings for God, for the Lord. And I will grow by, again, adding and finding strength within myself to Live out this Christian life. Help. I can't do it. They started to live under the law that they thought they would receive blessing and grow spiritually by earning and deserving spiritual blessing. Don't we do that? God, look at my life and how I've lived for you. Bring on the blessing. I deserve it. Instead of living under grace and growing spiritually by believing and receiving the gift of the Spirit and allowing Him to work His life in us. Spiritual growth, as Bonnie Thomas pointed out to us several weeks ago, spiritual life comes from nothing but remaining in the vine. Our source of life, our source of living, is taking abode, taking up residence in the vine. He is the one who produces fruit. And when we remain in the vine, in the source of the Lord, in the source of the Holy Spirit, that we allow him to be the one to live through us, that we don't again try to take control of our lives and somehow try to live out this Christian life in our own energy, that the spiritual life that comes from remaining in the vine is nothing but fruit, spiritual fruit. You cannot help when you just rest and remain in him that spiritual fruit will come out in your life. When we try to live this Christian life thinking that we mature ourselves through all these steps that we take for doing for Christ, then we become like the sucker shoots that she explained. They're just, they're just trying to live in their own strength and they're tapping on and, and they, they just, they're good for nothing. There's no spiritual life when, again, we say, here's all I'm going to do for God in my own strength. Here's how I'm going to live out the Christian life because I, I think this is how I'm supposed to do it. And I want to look like a Christian. 
and we don't rely on the vine, and we're not tied in there, then we become a sucker shoot. And the Lord says, I trim that off. It's good for nothing. It has no value, no spiritual value. And Bonnie reminded us, remain in the vine. His life will pour into you. Dear Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has started to lead you down this path that the image is like a snake? They used to have real study of snakes and they believed in snakes that they would get you in the trance in their eyes, you know, the snake eyes. And that's the image he's laying out. How'd you get caught in this trance? That somehow you would have life and you would keep growing in Christ by your efforts. What does it look like for you and for me? What does it look like? How do we get bewitched today? I think they're subtle, but I think we see them in our lives. We add Jesus plus, I think, again, by, by doing for him. We, we want to try to do a lot of ministry, and we think, well, the Christian life is about doing ministry, and so therefore I should go and do. And a lot of times we do, but there's not really a prompting of the Spirit that has led you that direction. You just do because you think that's what you're supposed to do. And then we, we feel like, good, look at me. I'm looking Christianly in all of my efforts. I'm doing spiritual things. Look at all the ministry that I have. And then we become super busy. And I find that we become too busy for a couple of things. I feel we become too busy for actually just being still and knowing that he is God. And I feel we become too busy for life together. Do you understand the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, peace, patience, kindness, all of that is for life together. Do you get it? It's so that we reflect the image of God to one another so that we have life together. And in our doing for Jesus and thinking that we have to do, we start to take on a busyness that seems to give us some sense of importance and we totally miss each other. I hate that about our culture. I love, there is a lot of cultures out here that, you know, as Brian was sharing about those who are coming to Christ, their cultures are about this. They, they just drop by each other's homes. They don't call and set up an appointment two weeks in advance. They just show up, and they love each other in Christ. We miss that. We get bewitched by thinking, let's keep busy with Christian life, and we're missing Christian life. We're actually dying in a pile. Sometimes we get bewitched by starting to believe we've got to read the right books and we've got to write, read, watch the right shows and we've got to vote for the right people. And, and then in the middle of all that, as we do what we think is all the right things, then we become the judge of those of you who are not. And we destroy one another with our judgment. We get bewitched. We buy into success theology that, again, my life for Christ, look how I'm living, therefore, of course, God is going to bless me with with a great job, and of course he's going to bless me with all these things so that life is easy. And God, I deserve it for how I'm living for you. That's success theology, and, and I should have many blessings because of all that I'm doing for you. We get bewitched in that. In many charismatic movements, we caught a sense of there must be a speaking in tongues in order to really be a follower of Christ, in order to have really received the Spirit, then the manifestation of that, of course, is speaking in tongues. And if you don't have that, 
then you're missing the Lord and you haven't received the blessing of the Spirit. It's, again, things that we tap into to indicate, to somehow show that we are maturing ourselves. We are sanctifying ourselves. And Paul comes again pretty strongly. Listen, was it Abraham who was justified by all that he did? No, he was justified by faith. He learned to live and trusting not in God, but in who God was. In who God was. He believed in God and what he is and how he leads life. And he believed that the seed would come through him that would be a blessing. He learned to live truly in the life of Christ. And Paul says to the Galatians, did you forget the spirit and how he leads and how he grew up Abraham and how Abraham learned to trust? And are you not learning to trust in the Lord even those days that you don't feel like it? That what is true of your life is life comes from the power of the Spirit. Are you starting to believe that somehow that you are, are sanctifying yourself and that you forget that Jesus became the curse? He is the one who took it all on. You and I should have received the curse from God, the separation out because of our sin. Holy God, we cannot stand before the brightness of holy God. And God provided the way by becoming the curse. He took the curse of God on himself. I live by faith in Christ who loved me. And my whole life is now learning to live in faith of what he's doing in my life and through me and that I mess up all the time. I want to show one final picture to give you an illustration of this. This is our journey in Christ. I showed this to you a while ago when I taught Romans 7. And it comes out of a book called The Rest of the Gospel by Dan Stone. I really want you to get this book. It explains so clearly who we are in Christ the rest of the gospel by Dan Stone. Don't flood the library. They don't have any more. They gave them all out earlier. But get them on, it's on Amazon or whatever. But I love this picture because it's our journey of faith. How do we keep living in faith? Here's the reality of our journey. We're on this swing. Our lives are tied in with Christ. We are placed in the heavenlies. We are beautiful children of God. We are holy and blameless. Our spirit is with the Spirit of God. That is who we are. Yet, we live, like Paul says, I live in this flesh, in this body. I live by faith. That means I have this daily journey of the swing. And here's what we try to do to sanctify ourselves, to make ourselves grow in Christ, and, and to, to somehow make our Christianity happen. The swing starts to go. Some days I'm living in righteousness and I'm going, Lord, I'm living for you and I, I, I feel I'm in obedience. And, and then, then comes Tuesday and, and I just, just slam my wife with words that were just ugly and you go, ah, how did I swing over here? And you go, I don't like that feeling. I don't want to live that way. I don't even want to go through this yuck. And so then when we, when we start to swing back towards the, the good things of righteousness, we try to hammer ourselves in to good, to what we believe is, is how to live life in Christ. Except that's not true of life. You can't just 
hammer yourself in. Because the life I live, I live in the flesh. And I'm here. And I live in this journey of this brokenness. And I stumble along the way. And what we struggle with in our faith, and this is where the Galatians ended up going, is, man, I just messed up again. And so I've got to make right with God. And, and God, for the twelfth time, forgive me for this. I blew it really big this time. And I, you're still trying to get right with God. And he's saying, I've already taken care of this on the cross. I've taken care of this. I don't see you that way. But we keep thinking God sees us that way. And so we try to make it up to God. And we try to live more Christianly. But here's the truth of our identity in Christ and who we are as we live in faith. This swing of life, this faith journey, is put into motion by our God who loves us. Do you understand? He created us with this humanity. He created us in this brokenness. He knew that we were fallen apart. He knows that we are going to stumble on the way. It doesn't mean that we don't desire to live in holiness and that we want to please him. And we, we hope, let's see, we stumble along the way. <laughs> Catches you off guard, doesn't it? That's our lives. But we kick ourselves because we're going, why did I just yell at my wife today? Where did that come from? And man, I'm not really, I'm not really a follower of Christ. I can't believe who I am. And he's saying, this journey is one that is a sanctifying process. It is not a process that, again, that we do on our own. That you will bear and you will grow in spiritual life as you live through the power of the Holy Spirit and remain in the vine. Let yourself swing back and forth. That is how we learn to trust. That is how we learn to say, God, help. I can't do it. We've got to stop trying to, again, live this Christian life on our own strength. Somehow think that, that we will mature ourselves by taking these steps. The Holy Spirit will prompt you and will bear fruit through you as you remain in Him. The truth is, is that Christ is living His life through you. And so we step aside and we say, Lord, live through us. How do we keep this journey going? I hope we'll remember who we are in Christ. And I really pray for us as a body that we will continue to live by the power of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. That he is our strength and our life and our source of life. Amen.